Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. Everything that we were dealing with eight months ago, we're still dealing with today. But now you layer on top of that COVID and the way the world has changed. So uh, I talk about this with my HR leaders around uh, Panasonic North America uh, every week is how do we continue to deal with everything we've dealt with in the past? But also, um, we don't get to go out and hire another, you know, if we have several hundred HR professionals for Panasonic in North America, we don't get to go out and hire another hundred people just because now the world has changed. So, you know, um, like any business function, HR has always had to prioritize things. Um, Right now, I think the priority on employee engagement, um, the term I really like is psychological safety. How do we help our employees feel safe? Scott is the Senior Vice President of HR and VP of Talent at Panasonic. Scott's focus has been on people-centered strategy, building highly effective HR teams, organizational culture, and the total cost of human capital. In the early 2000s, Scott was internationally recognized as Franklin Covey's International Facilitator of the Year. Recently, his work was highlighted in Jack Welch's book, The Real Life MBA. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Really excited about the conversation today about all things HR strategy, business strategy, the skills for the future of HR, for us to be able to remain relevant, adding value, and very happy to have Scott joining me today. How are you, Scott? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, Still uh, almost summertime here in the Midwest of the United States, so uh, we're doing great. Absolutely. Well, you know, for me, it is uh, during the day, summer, during the night is winter because in Flagstaff, where I live, it's like 35 degrees at night and like about 70 something during the day. So quite a contrast. <laughs> well, Scott, you know, very, very excited to, to, to chat with you. And, you know, we got a great amount of ground to cover, but I want to begin here. COVID has basically changed everything uh, in work. HR strategy, business strategy, the way we even relate to each other and whatnot. What do you think will uh, HR strategy be looking like going forward? What do we need to think about that we may not have been thinking about before? What were we thinking about before that we need to stop thinking about because it's not applicable or relevant anymore to the now or the future of work? Yeah, you know, I think the interesting challenge of what's going on these days is I don't think there's much that we're going to stop thinking about. You know, everything that we were dealing with eight months ago, we're still dealing with today. But now you layer on top of that COVID and the way the world has changed. 
So uh, I talk about this with my HR leaders around uh, Panasonic North America uh, every week is how do we continue to deal with everything we've dealt with in the past, but also um, we don't get to go out and hire another, you know, if we have several hundred HR professionals for Panasonic in North America, we don't get to go out and hire another hundred people just because now the world has changed. So, you know, um, like any business function, HR's always had to prioritize things. Um, right now, I think the priority on employee engagement, um, the term I really like is psychological safety. How do we help our employees feel safe um, that um, in their personal life, but also in their work life? And how can they know that their company cares about them enough to put them first? Obviously, that's always been important, but I think it's kind of ratcheted up the list even more. So we talk about that term psychological safety a lot these days. And um, we've deprioritized some things in HR. So, um, uh, for example, several of our big companies around the U.S. were going through office redesigns. You know, do we create a more open office environment? Well, now all of a sudden we have to put plexiglass in between everybody. So we said, let's stop worrying about that so much and start thinking about how do we how do we connect with our employees when they're sitting at home by themselves with their kids screaming in the next room and their cat climbing on their shoulder, but they also have to drive business results. So um, I hope that answers your question, but I think it's taking something that might've been a little lower on the list as a priority and bringing it up, but knowing we still have to get everything done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it does, it does answer the question about how we have to be juggling with many more things than we were before with the same amount of resources. Now that means that we have to become much more effective and efficient with what we have. And like you're saying, you know, you are reprioritizing some of the things that that you were doing before. Psychological psychological safety being being one of those areas. So so let me ask you, how are you connecting this sort of new approach to HR strategy, meaning moving things around to make sure that you can accommodate this new reality? How are you connecting that with what I'm guessing is a very, not chaotic, but fast moving business strategy redesign in the middle of all this crisis and chaos that we are in the middle of? Yeah, you know, I think the easiest thing to say um, is that it's more important than ever that managers have direct conversations regularly with their people. Um, to continue to talk about um, in the midst of all of this chaos, we still have customers, we still have shareholders. And I personally think it gives um, people a sense of normalcy that they can focus on their job. Um, and what we found here at Panasonic is we have many different businesses and those businesses, some of them have been horribly affected uh, by the pandemic. Two of our major areas of business are in the automotive industry, where we make um, what they call infotainment and electronic controls for cars. We have a very similar business for avionics, where we make in-flight Wi-Fi and in-flight entertainment and cockpit control systems. Those manufacturing industries of cars and airplanes have ground to a halt. So if you're an employee in one of those businesses, you have to find a new way to add value 
really quickly or the future of your business can be in jeopardy. Um, some of our other businesses serve grocery stores and food distribution. Those industries are, as you know, um, at the forefront of what this, in the, you know, grocery chains and food distribution companies are, they're having record years. We have other, other divisions that serve hospitals and pharmacies. So it's really about trying to figure out what does your business need to do next? And then how can each and every employee, even people on the manufacturing floor, um, for example, we've shifted entire production lines that used to make uh, computer monitors and they're now making screens um, and equipment for hospitals to treat um, the rush of COVID patients and had to pivot really fast. So I'll come back to your question. It's really more important than ever, in my opinion, that HR helps managers talk to their employees um, in a way that they never have before. Um, I'll be honest with you, this conversation right here, I wasn't very good at this a year ago, but now I know how to make the lighting work. I know how to make sure the sound works. I know how to project myself one-on-one -on -one through a video. It's a different skill set. Um, just little things like that, I think, make a big difference. That is... Uh, to go to the bigger... Yeah. Oh, no, Scott, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. Um, I think that the... Um, and I, I think this is a topic you might come up with later, um, but it's something that I've been saying. I've been working in human resources. It's hard to say this for about 30 years. Um, and something that I've learned is if you want to be successful in HR, you need to be a business person first and an HR person second. Um, when someone asks me what I do, um, I don't say, oh, I'm a human resources person. I say, I work for Panasonic. Um, I'm on the management team of the business. And this is, and they say, oh, well, what do you do? Well, and I happen to work in HR. Um, but especially these days, if you don't know what your business is trying to do and you don't know what metrics your business is trying to drive, you're never going to be a good HR person and you're never going to have good HR strategy. Absolutely. And, and it's fascinating that you mentioned that because not only do I believe and talk about it, but it's one of the topics that, or one of the ideas and, uh, uh, that, that comes up uh, the most often in the conversations that I'm having these days with uh, HR leaders like yourself and business leaders like yourself thinking, you know, if we don't understand our business, if we don't understand the metrics, if we don't understand the goals and the changes that our business are going through, we won't be able to connect what we do to that. And we won't be able to identify whether what we do is actually contributing to the achievement of those goals or actually hindering the achievement of those goals. And I think that's, a, that's quite a mindset change, to be honest, because, you know, for a long period of time, HR as a function, I don't mean to necessarily the individuals within HR, but HR as a function seems to have been in this game for itself, not for the business, but for, for its own existence, right? So this is quite a change. And I want to ask you, um, how, 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 what, do you, what do you recommend HR professionals to think, to do in order to you know, remove that HR hat and put on the business hat? What should they be thinking about? Yes, uh, it's funny. I've been, uh, I've been talking about this for years. Um, when someone, if you're, if let's imagine you're a finance person or an operations person or a salesperson. And by the way, those are typically the people that end up running companies. Mm. So if you met, uh, the, if you had a chance to talk at a cocktail party to the CEO or the head of a division, 
and you said, so how is your business doing? You need to be able to answer that question the same way that they would. So the very simple technique, if you don't, if you don't know what are the business metrics that your company follows, if, <coughs> excuse me, if you can't answer that question, then um, you're missing the mark. So my simplest advice to HR people and candidly to people in any function is what are the metrics your business pays attention to? How are you doing against those? So for example, if someone said to, uh, to Jane or Joe, who is an HR manager, hey, how's the company's profit level doing? Or how are we doing on our on-time delivery to our customers? Or how are we doing with our safety metrics? Or how are we doing in operational efficiency in our plants? You need to be able to answer those questions because when you do, you gain credibility. And now all of a sudden, you're not listened to as the, oh, this is the HR person that wants to plan the company picnic. Or this is the HR person that's going to tell me that I need to sign up for my benefits. It's this is an HR person that understands the business, because once you once you answer that question, you can go on to the most important question is, and let me tell you how I think I can help you through good HR strategies and good HR practices. If you leave, I'll tell you, I worked. Um, if you happen to look at my LinkedIn profile, I worked for Nestle, um, the global food company. Um, for uh, most of the uh, early 2000s. And uh, the chief HR officer of Nestle always said, never think about anything that is HR for HR's sake. Yes. If you're doing it to make your life better, you're missing the mark. It's what can I do for our employees and what can I do for our managers and what can I do ultimately for our customers? And then everything else will follow. So I think that's the simple answer to your question. Leave this, if you don't know, leave this conversation and go to your, your controller or your finance person and say, could you send me a report on how we're doing as a company on our key business metrics and study them and commit them to memory? Um, and it will have huge gains in how you're perceived. Lo love that. I absolutely love what you're saying. And, and that's part of what we're doing with Hacking HR, helping HR professional, professionals understand that the world of HR is not the world of HR anymore. It's the world of us supporting and helping a business and the people in that business succeed. And for us to be able to do that, we must understand what that business is about. You know, Scott, I was in this um, conference last year and I was speaking to a bunch of HR leaders in there. And I didn't ask them, you know, do you know about artificial intelligence or blockchain or data? I asked them the simplest question in the world. How many of you truly know what your business goals are? I don't think more than 5% of the people raised their hands. And I was... I, I told them, uh, so how do you know that what you are doing in HR is actually helping the achievement of those goals? You may be actually blocking uh, the path to achieve those goals because you don't know them. You don't know, uh, you know, you don't know what you, if your if your work, if your processes, if your systems are actually conducive to help the organization uh, succeed. And that to me is just a, a powerful reminder of us being part of a business and not HR for the sake of HR. So let me ask you this. Uh, one thing, I come from technology. That's my background, and I switched to HR. And in technology, I worked also in customer experience sales, and I was very close to understanding how people operate. And that, me that meant that to me, 
I, I knew about technology, but I also know about people. I also knew about people operations. And I think that that's not true all the time for HR. I think they may know about people operations, but they don't know about technology or they don't know about finance or marketing or sales. So I always feel that other functions are closely, closer to HR than HR is closer to those functions. So let me transform that into this question. What skills, capabilities do you think are going to be important for HR to be effective at understanding their business and serving them for uh, and helping them for the business to succeed and for the people to succeed as well. Yeah. Um, most, uh, if you have the opportunity to work in a large organization um, where I've spent most of my career, um, I think it's critically important to go, go take a two year sideline from HR and go work in the business. Um, I'll tell you my favorite story. When I got here to Panasonic um, about uh, eight and a half, nine years ago, uh, there was a young woman working in HR who was an, had been an HR generalist for most of her career. She'd probably been working for about eight to 10 years at that point. Um, but she just, um, she really wanted to do more. And um, I made a proposal to her by working with our head of sales that she go and spend a year and a half working in the back office of our sales function. Um, you know, helping with order management and billing and all of that really fun stuff that the back office of sales does. And she was really nervous about it because she'd only thought about herself as an HR person. Well, now here we are eight years later. Um, she's the vice president of sales operations. Wow. <laughs> and, um, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. When I decide I'm done doing this, what better candidate to run the HR function than someone who has lived in the business for eight to 10 years and uh, has the same level of knowledge of HR that we do, it just brings a whole different perspective. So I feel like I'm being a little bit of a broken record. It's business skills and finance skills. Um, but the other one is, and you mentioned it, it's customer focus. Um, who are you in this for if you're in HR? you are in this for your managers and your employees. So it's gotta be, um, I think it's okay if I quote someone. Um, I did a lot of work over many years with Franklin Covey, the big HR consulting firm. I was very fortunate to get to work directly with Stephen Covey um, on some projects. And uh, I'll never forget this moment. Um, I had a chance to drive him from the airport to my company when he was coming to speak uh, almost 20 years ago. And he said, we're just talking in the car. And I told him what I was trying to do. He said, Scott, I'll tell you, there's three questions that you need to ask when you meet with your business leaders and they'll tell you everything you ever need to know. And it's, I guess it falls under the heading of consultation skills. And it's broken down into three simple questions. If you're sitting with your business partner, you say first, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Very simple question. And then they'll talk and they'll tell you their answer. Then second, so how's it going for you? How are you doing against those goals? And they'll talk and they'll tell you. And ultimately you can say, do you have any ideas on how as an HR person, you think I can help you? And if they don't, then you can say, well, as I've heard you talk about your goals, I've already thought about that. And these HR programs and services, I think will help you drive those metrics. Um, and it just puts you in a whole different light. 
instead of sending your leaders an email and saying, I'd like to show up in your office to talk to you about uh, how to get your employees to make sure their information is updated correctly in our system, or what are next year's benefit programs? I already mentioned that one. So I think to break it down, it's business skills and it's consultation skills. Um, those would be my two answers. I, I, I love these questions. And, and to be honest, once again, I, I'm going to go back all like, like, like the same, you know, like a broken record going, uh, talking again about mindset. This, this is a different mindset for HR and it's a mindset of us serving a customer, which is not always the way HR people see, see their, the employees or the company. We don't, we don't always, not always see them as our customers. And if we are able to do that, then we are going to be much better positioned to serve them because understanding them now we're going to know from our end, what can we do to help them? But of course, you know, all to me, all this sounds fascinating and, and intuitive, but in reality, when you go out there to the world of HR, this is not happening across the board. This is happening in some very progressive organizations, but not everywhere. So there's gotta be something blocking the way between us where we are today and the place where we can ask these questions. What do you think is in the middle? What do you think is blocking this journey for HR to become this kind of uh, you know, valuable function that you are describing? Yep, I, I think it comes down to um, HR professionals have tended to always think first about what HR programs do I need to be improving? How do I continually improve our pay process? our recruiting process, our training process, um, our benefit plans, instead of first thinking what, I'm again, broken record, what does this business do to be better? And how can I then take all those tools in the toolbox and make them better? I think that's answer one to your question. And I think the other one is when, um, when people come into a job, and this is not specific to HR, they get hired to do a particular job mm-hmm. It was in the job description. It was read to them when they did their interview and they said, yeah, I can do all those things. It's at a particular point in time and there's a particular group of other people that they work with. So they get to do a job in a context with a group of other people. And then guess what happens on your second day? All of those things change. (laughs) Um, So um, I actually leave this, you know, like most people, I have a little notebook that I always carry around and on the back page, I don't know if you can see that, but I have that little triangle. You're in the center there. That's you with all the wonderful skills and attributes and knowledge that you have. And you get hired to do a job in a context with other people. You have to think about that all the time. How is the context changing? Who has changed around me? And what is the company asking me to do? And then what's different for me? What do I have to do differently today than I had to do yesterday? that's why I hate job descriptions. And maybe that could be the conversation of another podcast because the second a job description is written, it's outdated. So to me, it's a good analogy for how HR people need to think. It's not what I can do today, but what can I do for tomorrow? Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, one, one question that people ask me very often is, you know, how, how, uh, what can they do for, uh, for HR to remain relevant and adding value? And while I recognize what's traditional about HR, because this is administration that we probably need to continue to do, 
my answer is always pretty much the same. You need to learn non-HR stuff. And what I mean by that is, for example, learning finance so that you can speak to the chief finance, uh, uh, finance officer and understand the financials of the business, you know, the PL of the business. That is outside of the realm of HR or of traditional HR. But if you don't understand that, it's going to be really hard for you to do your work. Same thing. I, I, I like the example of digital transformation, which to me is a is an intrinsically human process, people process that has a layer of technology. And in, a, in an ideal world, in my view, in my ideal workplace, this process should be led by HR and not by IT. But that means that we got to understand a lot of technology and the, 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 the connectivity between the dots in technology and the dots in people. But that doesn't happen all the time. So, uh, you know, I love that you're mentioning some of the skills that still reside outside of traditional HR, but they are critical for us to be able to do our work. Yes, I also, I would say one of my closest um, partners is the CIO. Um, And I learned this quote a long time ago also. Um, Remember the key letter in IT isn't the T, it's the I. It's what information do people need to have to yeah. do their jobs. Then you design the technology around that to deliver the information. So the CIO will always tell you, the people in IT are technology professionals. The people in HR are information professionals. So we have to work together because we know what those people need. So yeah. maybe another yeah. thing I would add to your list is study the IT processes of your company and get really comfortable with your IT leaders um, to help them deliver the information. Um, and IT leaders struggle with this same dilemma. Um, we hire information people that don't know business and technology, yeah. traditionally. Well, tech- IT typically hires technology people who don't know people. Um, yeah. But if you put together you know, the whole group, um, that's where the power is. Uh, absolutely. And I think these, par- these partnerships are, are, are powerful You know, between uh, when we talk about these things, I don't think there's ever an expectation from uh, for HR to become an expert in financials or an expert in technology or an expert in sales or an expert in marketing. But I think there's a minimum expectation of at least having the business language, the jargon, to be able to have a conversation with the people that you're serving. Because if you if they speak in one language, which is their own language, you got to meet them where they are because we are serving them to help them succeed, which is the success of the organization. So I think that's that's fascinating. So Scott, as we are, as we wrap up this, this conversation, I want to ask you this, what you are describing, this very valuable business thinking kind of HR doesn't exist everywhere. I mean, it's the ideal. It doesn't exist everywhere. And for a lot of HR leaders and professionals, they are either beginning this journey or thinking about beginning this journey. What would you say should be the first thing that HR leaders should be focusing on in order to build this kind of HR that you've described uh, in the podcast? Um, well, I'm gonna, um, I've never been a consultant, but I'll answer your question two ways because that's what consultants do is they give you two <laughs> answers. The, the very small tactical answer is if you're already working in HR inside of a company, go to your boss um, and ask them to help you see, can I sit in on a business planning meeting? Because I promise if you're in a medium to large size company, your sales department, your finance department, they have regular meetings where they talk about how things are going. 
just ask if you can come to a meeting and listen. Um, they're going to say yes, <laughs> they're, especially if you're interested in learning and you're doing it to help make them better. So just ask. Um, and if that one says no, then go ask another one, but you'll find a place where you can go. So that's the really small answer. Um, to me, the really big answer is um, um, you have to ask yourself why you went into this career. Um, and um, anyone who says, I went into HR because I like people. Um, that's great. I love people. Um, I'm an extrovert and I love being with people. But the best way that I can help people is by helping make the business that they work for as successful as it can be so they can have a comfortable career, they can support their families, and that this business exists for a long term. So there is a way to bring those two things together. And I know if anybody just listened to this or watched this, they're going to say Scott Manis thinks about the business and they're going to say, well, what about um, diversity and inclusion? And what about our contribution to society? And what about um, helping people find their their path? Those are all great. But to me, the end game, the reason why we exist is to help our organizations be successful for the long term. All those other things just help drive that. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I think uh, you definitely are a business leader uh, who happens to be working from the HR to drive to drive business success. So thank you so much for sharing all these valuable insights. And Enrique, thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad we had a chance to talk. Um, the scale of what you're putting together with Hacking HR is really impressive. Um, I've spent some time looking through the lists of speakers and you've gotten some amazing people to jump onto this train. So um, I can't wait for the conference. Uh, I know I'm going to learn a lot. Um, I hope I can make a little bit of a contribution as well. And um, I just want to thank you from all of us for giving us this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next Hacking HR podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.